This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. And you guys may be noticing, hey, Ricky, uh, Mark sounds a little different. That's because because of scheduling this week, we had to do another call-in podcast. So Mark is calling in instead of being in the studio this evening. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking a little bit of AFC playoff picture. We're going to be talking about the Patriots. We're going to be talking about Super Bowl 50. But Mark, we but we begin the podcast in the city of Cleveland, where, yeah. where 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 sadness is just the thing. Sadness is just part of the job. It's part of the everyday life. And we start in Cleveland because after the Austin Davis experiment, it looks like Mike Pettin goes. You know what? I really could care less about this job. Fuck it. Let's send Johnny football back in. I just, I don't get anything that happens with this, with this team ever. Um, I mean, you lost 37 to three to the Bengals. It was an embarrassment. You should feel bad. Um, I mean, Austin Davis didn't necessarily do terrible. I mean, he didn't throw any touchdowns. He threw an interception, but 25 for 38 is not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Um, you know, he threw for more yards than Andy Dalton did, technically. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you didn't win the game, but he did that. Uh, I, I just feel like I, I didn't understand from the get-go. Well, not the get-go, but from the Johnny Manziel drinking in the club uh, videotape that surfaced like two weeks ago. I didn't understand why they kept him on the roster because it seemed like they were ready to cut ties and say they were done. They put him at third string and now they're just kind of going back on that. Like what was the point of that whole punishment? I don't think Johnny football is really that embarrassed, you know, because Austin Davis went out there and did terrible. So I'm pretty sure that Johnny football is not really embarrassed by that. I don't think he probably learned any lessons or, or anything. Uh, you know, not cutting him in the first place, I thought was just a weird move because the organization didn't look any better when just two, you know, two more games and it's, all right, Johnny, you're back in. You know, it looks like the dumb uh, college football penalties, you know, where it's like you're suspended for the first half of this game. When who cares, you know? Um, so good for Johnny getting a shot to get back in there. Yet again, I mean, I swear, this this guy, you can't get rid of him. He, he always gets another chance. Uh, so it would be nice to see him actually make something of one of these chances one of this time. But it's not an easy, it's not an easy road for him. No, and it's not. And I mean, I'm trying to figure it out myself because, I mean, I'm looking at the ESPN article and I know that it says sources and I know how I said a little bit ago how like, oh, Mike Pettin's probably saying, well, fuck it. I don't care about this job. Let's start him. Pettin gave the, well, we haven't talked to the quarterbacks yet earlier today as we record this on Monday that 
in his press conference, he's like, we haven't talked to the quarterbacks yet, so I don't know what these these articles are talking about because I haven't said anything. However, when you've got guys like Mortensen on ESPN and Scheffler saying stuff like, yeah, there's there's people in the or close to the organization saying that Johnny Football's going to start this Sunday. I kind of look at it and go, okay, he is going to start this Sunday. There's no if stands or but buts about it. And part of they me learned their lesson. Well, part of me feels like the going to third string may have been management saying, well, we got to teach him a lesson. But then Patton or some somebody has to be on Johnny Football's side. It's the only reason he's on this team. It's the only reason he's on this football team. But just the biggest thing is I don't know who's on his side. And like you said, I, it's kind of hard to find the devil, the devil's advocate to what you said, Mark. Has he learned his mm-hmm. lesson? Because it hasn't been long enough. Unless, and I mean, I'm joking when Mike Petton, when I'm like, oh, Mike Petton's like, I don't care about this job. Mike Pettin really does care about this job, and maybe in some weird way he thinks Johnny Football's the best option for this team. Yeah. I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if it was more of the upper management saying, hey, you're not going to win anything with Austin Davis. Put this kid in there because at least people will pay to see him, and at least people will buy his jersey. Mm-hmm. So put him in there because we're not getting anything out of this season. We might as well make some cash out of it. Well, you're two and ten. well, they'll buy the jersey, and then when you lose to the Ravens off oh, of the yeah. kick six, yeah. they'll rip it. Yeah, it's like they haven't won in, what, like six, seven weeks? Seven. So, it's been seven games, the longest losing streak this season. Yeah, there's there's nothing nothing good going on in Cleveland right now. I really think the only two things that I really can can think about this is they're finally saying, you know what, do or die. Johnny, you got four games. Mm-hmm. You're either going to win a starting job or you're going to lose your job in Cleveland, and we're just going to get rid of you. That's the one thing I can see. The other thing is I really just – I think this organization – like the the way everything is set up right now, I think it's done because they have uh, you know a quote from, uh, from head coach Patton about – you know, the tensions in the locker room. And he said that, of course, there's tensions. It's a natural byproduct of losing. And that's the quote, the a natural byproduct of losing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the kind of thing that you want to hear from your coach. And maybe I'm not fully giving everybody the context of that quote, but I don't think it really needs context. He's saying, yeah, there's tension because we're losing. Like, yeah. That is, that, is, that is a defeatist sounding soundbite, you know. That sounds like a coach who said, yeah, we're done already. We're going to put this guy in because what's the worst that can happen? Well, and the one thing I think of is you mentioned where it's like, okay, Johnny Football, you got four games. That's what Herm Edwards said today on, I think it was NFL Live. He's like, you know what? Dilfer over here, can maybe he can look at a quarterback right away and say, okay, that guy's got it going or this guy – doesn't have it gone. He's like, but me as a coach, you need more than just a few games here or there. Because for Johnny Football, it's been he starts, then he doesn't, then he's starting again. 
Herm Edwards is like, give him four games, see what we got with the kid. Mm-hmm. I know that the off-the-field stuff has been what it is, but give him a shot. You got to yeah, give him a shot as a starter to see what he can do. It's really kind of similar to, you know, the... RG3? I, we really well, not no, not that. Uh, I was going to say, we don't see this so much anymore. Um, but you used to every now and then, at, towards like the last, you know, five, four games of the NFL season, the teams that are losing just say, yeah, we're going to put the backup in from now on. You know, because we just want to see if he's competent or if we can maybe raise his, you know, his stock so we can trade him or something. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that anymore. So maybe it's going back to kind of the old, older kind of managing the whole team and seeing what the future holds. Um, because you always knew, you know, you always knew that that was the and our season's done because we're starting to just plug guys in to see what we have. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland knows their season's done. I don't know if anybody actually believes in Johnny football. Mm-hmm. I I really, for it's the only thing that makes any sense to me is they're just saying, throw him in there, let him either prove us right or prove us wrong. And either way, it's a win-win situation for us because then we have an excuse to cut him or it turns out he's good and we can go, yeah, we knew. We knew the whole time. That's why we put him back in. Well, and I mean, this can bring us into actually – talking about teams that are winning, but one of the teams that's kind of doing this kind of a starting the backup, but it's because they have to because their starter got injured, is the Broncos. As mm-hmm. Brock Eisweiler or Brock the Cock, Cockadoodle do is going to start again this week. And, I mean, I'm looking at an article here on NFL.com that says that, well, Peyton Manning could resume on-field work this week. However, Brock's your guy going into this next game of the NFL season. And the yeah. Broncos now are the number two team with the Patriot loss. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it, and I know, you know, Peyton was hurt, but the last two games Peyton played, you lost. The last three games, the only three games Brock Osweiler has played, you've won. Now, to be fair, you did play the Bears and the Chargers in that. But you beat the Patriots. You know, that's a legit team. Uh, so, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you say maybe Peyton could come back. You know, he could start warming up, get ready for not this Sunday, but next Sunday. But I, I still am holding firm to, what's the point? Peyton's done. Mm-hmm. He's done this season. This is his last season. You can try and convince me otherwise, but I'm. you're going to have a hard time doing it. I fully believe that even if he wants to come back and even if he goes searching for some team willing to give him money, because some team will, he's got nothing left in the tank. You know, he is the end of Brett Favre's career here. He should have just stopped, and he didn't. I think just leave Brock in. He's winning games. He's doing well for you. The team's responding well. So he's your starting quarterback now. You know what's really interesting that I just looked at? Right now, the top three teams in the AFC are the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Patriots. The be- yeah. the reason being is Bengals win all tiebreakers at the moment. Broncos win the tiebreaker over the Patriots. And what could happen is Den- in the next two games, Denver has a very winnable game this week against the Raiders. 
and then a tough matchup at Heinz Field against mm-hmm. the Steelers. The Bengals have a very tough home game against the Steelers, then a very winnable game at Levi Stadium against the 49ers. After, yeah. the, after the next two weeks, the Bengals are going two mile high to play the Broncos. And what we could be saying, because honestly, both of these teams could lose to the Steelers. But what we could be saying, win or lose against the Steelers, is that game on December 28th, which is a Monday night game, we could be saying, hey, this is for home field advantage. Who yeah. wants it more? Because the next game, which would be week 17, Broncos have a very winnable game. They just beat the team 17-3 to in the Chargers, and then the Bengals get to end the season against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I kind of feel for the for the Broncos out there. Um, just until Brock DeCock loses this job, I think it's his. You know, and the, the big tests are coming up. Yeah, the Raiders aren't the hardest test out there. But, you know, it's still nice to get him those games. It's still nice to see him play. It's really going to come down to the Steelers and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. If he can beat the Steelers, even if Peyton's ready, I don't think you pull him. I think you still leave him. I mean, I, I really cannot, unless he throws like three interceptions in one of these games coming up, I really don't see any situation where you say, all right, Peyton, bring us home, you know, bring us back in. Because there's just, Peyton didn't look good. Brock Osweiler's looking good. Well, and maybe we're reacting a little too much to him. Maybe we're buying in a little too much, but. You know, from what we've seen right now, Brock Osweiler is the guy who's doing it. Well, and the first thing, this is the first thing I thought of when you said it was Brock's job, is if you are John Elway, if you are Gary Kubiak, you got to ask yourself a question. This is, it in my mind, you have to ask yourself a question. That question is, is Brock the guy moving forward? If the answer is no... You start Peyton as soon as he's ready. As soon as he is medically cleared and can throw a football, you start Peyton Manning. However, if that answer is yes, you keep Brock in the rest of the season. The reason being, if Brock stays and plays the rest of these four games, odds are he's coming back to Denver at the end of the year. As soon as you sit Brock For Peyton Manning, he's going to another team. He's getting a big paycheck because he's going to be looking, saying, hey, look what I did. Look what I did. One of those teams like, I bet you Jay Gruden would jump all over Brock the Cock. He would jump all over it. He'd be one of them. Without a doubt, I think he would be He'd be first in line. Yeah. Any team that remotely needs a quarterback is probably going to pick up that phone and give him a call. The Texans, I would even look at maybe Baltimore if they're going to look at getting rid of Joe Flacco. Cleveland gives them a call. The Redskins gives gives Brock a call. I, I would, mean, you got, I, I would I say the even, Eagles. I would say I would the Rams. The Bills in there, the Dolphins. These teams that have quarterbacks that are kind of there, but things aren't really locked up. 
any of these teams would give Brock Osweiler a call and say, hey, you got to win the job, but we're willing to pay you. Yeah. And I mean, that that's what it comes down to to me. Answering that question. If it's no, start Peyton. If it's yes, start Brock. There it is. Plain and simple. Do you, and I know this is a game you like to play, but do you really think that we're going to see Peyton Manning play football ever again? I don't know. I and don't I know think that's, we, I, I think we won't. I know that's kind of a cop out answer, but the way I see it is I. I can't disagree. Usually, Mark, you know me. When it comes to questions like this, I love to disagree with you. Mm. You say no, and I like to go, what, but, but, not so fast. And then I tell you how we could see him again. The way I see it is, to me, the only way we're seeing Peyton is if he rushes back to the field. And I feel like Peyton at this point's like, Fuck it, man. I I don't have to rush back. This is my last year. I'm fine just kind of easing my way back into it. But yeah. as but soon as— conveniently got his record. As soon as we get to that Steeler game, and as soon as we get past that Bengal game, if Brock somehow, even if he loses the Steeler game, because honestly, the— the Broncos don't have to win that Steeler game. Even if the, let's say the Broncos beat the Raiders this weekend and lose to the Steelers, they would be 11 and 3. Even if the Bengals beat both the Steelers and the Niners, they would be at 12 and 2. That means you still got one loss between you. That Monday night game still becomes a. Play for first place because then if the Broncos win, they'd own the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. All he's got to do is win one game before the twenty eighth, and if he does, if he wins, if Peyton doesn't come back, if he beats the Steelers, we don't see Peyton. If he loses to the Steelers and somehow gets to play against the Bengals and beats the Bengals. We're not seeing Peyton this season because I think Gary Kubiak will be the one to say, hey, you know what? It's too close to the playoffs. I don't want to risk anything. you got to ride that hot hand. you got to ride the hot hand while it's going. I mean, how many times have teams just gotten hot? I mean, look at in college last year with Ohio State. They, they rode the hot hand three games into the playoffs and to win the playoff with Cardell Jones. Yeah. It, I see. I could see it the same way here, especially with, I mean, the one team we haven't mentioned in this top three is New England. Uh-huh. How they have fallen from grace since going 10-0, losing two straight. And people yeah. may be saying, well, what's wrong in New England? You know what's wrong. Tom Brady doesn't have anything to throw to or anybody to throw to. I think you can put the pitching machine out there, and that would mm-hmm. catch more balls than these wide receivers. And really, when Tom Brady does throw the ball at people, they just drop it. So, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate thing for them. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's always – Peyton Manning was one of those guys too, but Tom Brady's always been one of those guys that he doesn't need wide receivers, he creates wide receivers. 
Yeah, I mean, and I this it's proving that he might have that he might have gotten so far to the bottom of the barrel here that he can't do it. He can't do it with these guys. He just can't. Well, and I'm gonna from one of our we have a text group that we're in and old MVP podcaster here. Dave Oster, he said it plain and simple in our text group, Mark. He said, Tom Brady has to get a wide receiver this offseason. Literally just scrubs dropping every ball. Yeah. And I mean, you cannot win if you don't have people to throw the ball to. And I mean, you may say, well, he had Julian Edelman go down. Yeah, but he had Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola goes down. Okay, now he can lean solely on Gronk Spike. But now Gronk's down, and they don't have anybody. And the bad thing, too, for, for the Patriots is that offensive line is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way around it. They're bad. So Tom Brady doesn't have any time. And, yeah, the Patriots like quick passes, but he doesn't even have time to really get those going off that well. And when teams are really not that worried about the run game, you know, it's it's just not, not, a, good, not a good sign for the Patriots. They're going to... They're looking like a team that's going to limp into the playoffs. And I mean, they got those 10 wins. Otherwise, they wouldn't be. Because, I mean, like you said, those 10 wins, even if they lose right now, all they would have to do in my mind to get the playoffs is win a game. Because if they lose out, they're 10 and 6. Right now, that would put them at the 8th, tied for 8th. If they win a game, maybe 2. They're in. However, they've got Sunday night this week against the Texans. Yeah. I'm going to call it right now. There's a pretty good chance the Texans may upset the Patriots in Houston to drop well, the I mean, Patriots for a third one. Break. At, at that point, I mean, the the one thing that the Texans do well is hit quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the you know this Patriots team can't stop. They and can't I, stop the quarterback from getting hit. And I'm going to say right now, I feel like the Patriots, as of what we've seen the past two weeks, now this depends on if Gronk, how early Gronk comes back, but we know Edelman's gone for the regular season. He's not expected to return until playoff time. Your next four games are at Houston, home at ten, home against Tennessee, at the Jets, at the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Titans, Dolphins are wins. I'm not too sure about the Texans-Jets. There's a good chance that we see the Patriots go into the playoffs at 12-4, and which would not be good for a one or a two seed because, honestly, I see the Bengals. If the Bengals want... If the Bengals are going to be the top team, they have to beat the Broncos, but... I still see both those teams at three losses at the worst. Denver and Cincinnati, that is. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it's, you know, it's unfortunate for a team that was an early favorite and even was a mid-season favorite mm-hmm. and going into late-season favorite to get to and win the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, that's how it works in the NFL. People start getting hurt. If you don't have that depth and you can't just keep going next man up, eventually you run out of people. Uh, you know, this is what happens. The team that was a favorite, now we're looking at them as a early exit. 
And I mean, let's switch gears here from the AFC to the NFC. You'll look at the NFC and you've got arguably the best team in football. The Carolina, you can say keep pounding like the fan base usually says, or you can join the Mark Weber and Ricky Widmer train and say hashtag claw up. But no matter what you say, this team is 12-0, and 0 and looking at the rest of their schedule, ver- home against the Falcons, at Giants, at Falcons, home against the Bucks. Yeah, Mark, I know you, you've said in past podcasts that divisional games kind of bring something special out of teams, but there's a good chance that we see the Panthers go 16-0 and 0 in my mind. I definitely think it's possible. Um, they have a better chance than most teams in some more positions would, uh, and the team is just built so well, and Cam Newton really is coming into his own uh, and just proving... Even this, I think even right now, still, people are really... Yeah, there's MVP talk of Cam, but... Mm-hmm. I still think that people are kind of not giving him the credit he deserves as a quarterback. Oh, he deserves in my mind. Things. In my mind, he deserves the MVP this season. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it's the only person who could rival him is Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and and it seems to be falling apart for him. Um, but yeah, this team is just built so well. There, I mean, I think the NFC, the leading NFC teams are all better than the leading AFC teams, I personally think. So you're saying, uh, like, the Panthers and the Cardinals, or are you throwing in the Packers, too, the three-team? No, I wouldn't probably say the Packers. I would probably just say the top two. Okay. Which, in my mind, of course, is, you know, the Cardinals and the and the Panthers. Because after they uh, looked this past week, I don't want to throw the Vikings anywhere near there. No, the, as far as as far as I'm concerned, the Vikings are the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> Worse uh, than Cleveland. Oh, okay, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, that was an embarrassing loss by by the Vikings. Uh, and Adrian Peterson is frustrated. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, the NFC is just better. Um, I do think there's a good chance that the Cardinal or not the Cardinals, the Panthers go in 15 and one. I think there's a really good chance they drop one of these games to one of their divisional opponents. You know what game it'll um, be if they if they do lose one. You know what it'll be. What's that? It'll be that last week against the Bucks. I just got a feeling with Jameis Winston this year because even though I hate the guy, he's played well this season and he's got that Buck team. It's like I said, I didn't expect them to be twelve and zero at this point, but mm-hmm. I said it in the off season. I said, you know what? There's something about that last game between the Panthers and the Bucks, where if the Panthers are in the playoffs, the Bucks could be fighting for a playoff spot and just use that as a little bit extra motivation to beat the Panthers. You guys would have to go back and replay the tape, but I believe I said that in our NFC South podcast during the offseason. I, I really think the big storyline for that game will be I think they're much more likely to lose to the Falcons than the Buccaneers. Um, even though I, I definitely it's pretty obvious the Falcons are falling off. In Atlanta? But, yeah, I think that's the the one that's easiest to lose. Um, but I, I think there's a, there'll be a big storyline about Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Similar styles. Both came in with a lot of attention. 
uh, a lot of press, a lot of media, a little bit of scandal coming into the NFL, both getting that number one overall. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a good storyline between those two quarterbacks and can Jameis Winston turn into the next Cam Newton. Uh, and I don't think I don't think that Jameis Winston will go head to head and beat Cam Newton right now. And that defense in you know in Tampa Bay definitely is not as good as the the defense in Carolina here. So I, I'm I'm leaning more towards the Falcons' loss if they're going to lose one at all. You know what's kind of a little bit scary? Huh. I'm looking right now at the receiving stats for both the Panthers and the Patriots. And I'm going to read you some of Gronk's stats really quick. On the season right now, Gronk has 59 receptions for 92 targets, 931 yards, averaging 16.3 yards per catch, Nine tutties, 17 catches of 20 or more yards, and about 84.6 yards per game. Now, when you look at Greg Olson, who also leads the Panthers in receiving, 62 catches from 95 targets, 917 yards, 14.8 yards per catch, six touchdowns, 18 of them being over 20 yards and 76.6 or 76.4, pardon me, yards per game. And the next receiver down, 525 for Ted Ginn, 692 for Julian Edelman. So, I mean, the wide receiver one a little bit gapped, but with the tight ends both being the leading target. Those are similar numbers, like very similar, almost ideal, almost. Now, I, I do want to give a special moment here. Um, eating, eating dinner last night with a fellow Bears fan, as as that game was going on, the Saints and the, and the Claw Panthers, and just reminiscing about how much we, we wish that Greg Olson was still on the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, such, a, such an amazing acquisition for the Panthers. He's done such great things for that organization. He's such a reliable, great target. Uh, and if you remember from our, our off-season talk when it came to the Panthers, the thing that we said was really going to hurt the Panthers was they didn't have the best wide receivers. You know, they didn't have the best wide receiving or receiving options besides Greg Olson. And, you know, they've stepped up enough. And part of it, too, is the run game and the defense putting the offense in good positions. Uh, but this, this offense and this group of wide receivers have done everything that they need to do to just be good enough and to play well enough to be exactly in this position of us, you know, four games left and talking about there's a good chance they go undefeated. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean... This team, and I'm looking right now at ESPN.com, and obviously I'm not going to click because it's a video, but it just says, perfect regular season or a Super Bowl. And Mark, I, I know if I asked you this question, I know what you would pick. You would pick the Super Bowl, no matter what team it was. Oh, you're, for sure. You're the kind of guy that's like, hey, you know what, I'd rather lose, get it out of the way, and then win a Super Bowl... 
I don't think this team, I think that's exactly the question. It's a either-or situation. Mm. Carolina fans, don't get mad at me because, you know, I do love your team this year. Cam Newton and Greg Olson are both on my fantasy team that sadly didn't get to the playoffs this year. We came one game short. However, I think if you go perfect this season, you will lose in the playoff. However, the only team to beat you in the playoff is either it's going to be Arizona or you win it. Maybe Seattle. Maybe if Mark's prediction comes true. Mm-hmm. That they'll be back in the Super Bowl. But to me, Arizona looks like maybe the only team with Seattle being a maybe second to beat Carolina in the AFC. Maybe Denver beats them, but New England won't. Cincinnati right. won't even get there because Cincinnati will lose. And like they doesn't matter if Cincinnati gets home field, they'll lose the first game they get. Like we said uh, earlier on, you know, just every uh, – the Carolina Panthers, and I throw the Cardinals in there too, mm-hmm. are just better than every other team from the AFC in the playoffs. And I, I know I'm, you know, making a lot of fans of a lot of teams angry when I say that, but I, I firmly believe that, you know, they're just a better team. Now, anything can happen in any game, any given Sunday. You know, that's, that's of course, the way it works. Mm-hmm. But I still would say just – they're just a better team. They really are just a better team than everybody else, everybody else that they're going to play. Last thing we're going to talk about on the podcast. We saved it for last. It's what the podcast is called. However, I'm just going to throw it out, Mark, and you can answer it. NFC, AFC doesn't matter. Who's your one Super Bowl 50 dark horse this season? Yes. So it kind of upsets me a little bit that they are a dark horse, uh, and that's the Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> I said in the off season, sixteen and zero, Super Bowl, and I don't know why nobody believes me. But of Jay another Cutler. thing I said, another thing I said in the off season was that this team would be coming back to the Super Bowl for the third time in a row, and this time they were probably going to win it, and that would be the Seattle Seahawks. It pains me a little bit that they are a dark horse because this is such a good team still. Um, But that's the situation they find themselves in. They had trouble getting started, and now they've just been starting to roll. And when teams get hot at the right time, that's all you need. And having a team like the Seattle Seahawks getting hot at the right time, that's scary. Yes, they did just get rid of somebody they paid $18 million for, uh, just going, yeah, you're not contributing anymore. See you later. But that's kind of a message. You know, that's kind of a message to say to everybody else that we're, you know, we're not laying down. We think we can get to the Super Bowl again. We think that we can win it again. And if you aren't going to play at the level that we want you to play at, that Super Bowl caliber level, then you're going to be off this team. And right now you see Russell Wilson playing harder than he's ever played Mm -hmm. all season. Yeah, beast mode Marshawn Lynch isn't out there right now. But the run game is still running hard. I think I don't remember who it was, but I heard one of the uh, one of the ESPN analysts calling him Little Beast Mode, and it, it fits perfectly. It really does. It's a team that's just fighting hard right now, and is ready to go back and do whatever it takes to win again. 
they would be my dark horse. Can I, before I give you my dark horse, can I ask you a side question about the Chicago Bears? Of course. I'm looking right now at the ESPN Bears homepage, and it says, John Fox on Kevin White. I think his leg is healed. And it Mm. looks like there's a chance Kevin White could be on the Bears' active roster if he can prove that he's in football shape by December 15th. I want your answer on a percentage that we see Kevin White playing for the Bears December 20th at Minnesota. Um, which game oh, is that's two weeks from now, right? Yep. So you got, the Redsk- you got the Redskins this week. It would be five games before that Vi- five days before that Vikings game. He'd be added to the active roster. Mm-hmm. And when is the there's that cutoff point where they have to do it before a certain point? I thought it was this week is the week they have to do it by. That was my that was my thought. Okay, because this article just says that by December fifth, like he could be on the act. Of, the it's December fifteenth is the deadline. Okay, so the Tuesday yeah. before that game makes sense. Um, I you know. I know he wants to play. He's been talking a lot about how he wants to play and how he feels he's ready. Uh, and it looks like John Fox thinks he's ready. It would be a great thing for Chicago Bears fans to get to see the guy they drafted at, what was it, seven overall? Mm-hmm. It'd be and nice I mean, to see him play. The guy you drafted in the second round blocked a kick this past weekend in Eddie Goldman. He's been doing great. He really has. Uh, in in anything, any situation he's been asked to play. You know, it would be really nice, and it would be good to just finally have some health going on in our uh, our wide receivers here. I I'm really not banking on it though. I would give it like forty percent. I won't be surprised if it's just a hey, we need something to make these fans happy before our season ends in four games. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think you gotta really just. You got to think about the long-term success, the long-term health. And Ryan Pace said it himself. There's a lot of players out there who, even though they miss a lot of you know significant amount of time early on in their career, they still go out to have great careers. And you got to look at that long-term situation. And I think it's a situation where you just shut them down. Mm-hmm. We'll so you're that. saying that don't have them come in? I would. I would prefer them not to. Let them have the whole offseason to get healthy. But I'll give it a 40% chance that we do see him play. Okay. So with that side note being over, let's get to my dark horse. You said the Seahawks. I'm going with my dark horse on the AFC side of things. Yours is a team that's just in the playoffs. Mine's a team that's just outside of the playoffs. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The reason why to me is, Mark, you said it on when you were talking about the Seahawks, teams that are playing hot at the right time. And I know that the Steelers lost to said Seahawks, but since losing to the Bengals, they are 3-1, and one, could have been 4-0 and oh if they beat those Seahawks in Seattle. They've got two big games coming up at Cincy, home against Denver, Then they get at Ravens, at Browns, which are, to me, two winnable games. If they can get past 
the Bengals and the Broncos, there's a chance that they can go 11-5 and and maybe sneak their way into, it would be one of those situations, because the Bengals aren't going to go five losses, they would be an 11-5 and team at the fifth seed. However, or maybe the sixth seed, because to me, the Jets are going to fall out. Steelers are going to go in, and it's going to be the Chiefs and the Steelers that get the two wildcard spots. Two teams that are playing hot. Yep. That's for sure. Because, I mean, the Jets, I mean, yeah, you got to win this past weekend. You played the Giants. Pump the brakes. The mm-hmm. Titans, you'll win. The Cowboys, you'll win. Patriots and Bills, though. I mean, Patriots, you have a chance. Bills, you have a chance. But I think the Bills, you lose. The Patriots, I'm going to say you have a chance. Because, like I said, I can no longer say Patriots win that game without even thinking a second thought on it. However, yeah. I do think the Steelers outplay you for that last spot. There's a chance the Steelers could go 4 and 0 to end the season. Mhm. Could be. Could be. And I know Josh our resident chief fan for most valuable podcast. He he's pretty happy right now that I mentioned the Chiefs, but I couldn't pick the Chiefs as a dark horse only because I don't think they're going to go to Super Bowl 50. How it's going to play out in my mind is the bang or the Patriots, pardon me, are going to be the three seed. They're going to play the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to lose. Or if the Chiefs play Indy, they win. They'll probably lose to Denver in the first in the first round if they play Denver. Now Cincinnati. Now we're talking not, something. As long as it's not a Peyton Manning Denver, they can beat a Peyton Manning Denver. It's Brock the Cock that can't. Exactly. Yeah. That's the real quarterback. The next Tom Brady out there. I'm going to throw out an honorary dark horse before we end the podcast. This isn't a dark horse for the Super Bowl. This is a dark horse for the pay, for the playoffs. The Texans. Nah, I don't buy it. Because the only reason why I'm saying it is they're six and six, tied with the Colts. If they can beat the Patriots. And beat the Colts, Titans, and Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars is a wild card game, but if they're going to beat the Titans, they can beat the Patriots and the Colts. They can find themselves in the driver's seat to win the division. Because right now, like I said, they're tied with the Colts. They can make the playoffs because of how weak that division is. Sure. We'll have to wait and see. But I. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I don't believe in these Texans right now. Mark, until they get a real quarterback. Mark is not buying the Texans. Hey, at least we're not talking about Bill O'Brien leaving anytime soon, yep. since they went That's on right. their resurgence. Before I sign things off, is there anything else that we missed from this week in football, Mark? Um, not necessarily that I that I think is worth talking about. I think we're pretty good. Well. Mark's ready to go as he just hit the uh, hit a little button on the phone there. But that's going to do it for the onside kick this week. I want to thank you guys for checking it out and listening. Remember, if you have not subbed, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. The Quest for 500 is alive. We are already, I believe as of today, we're at 467, which is amazing to get almost 20 subscribers 
in a week. Let's keep it going. We can get to 500 at this rate before the end of the year. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that heart and repost, like and sub on YouTube. Leave a comment down below about anything we talked about today. You can hit me up on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the with two E's, Mark Weber. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Thank you guys for checking out this video podcast. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.